0: Hey guys, this is Wildcat Chris Harris, TNA original, and one half of six-time TNA World Tag Team Champions, America's Most Wanted. You are listening to the TNA Cross the Line podcast. TNA Wrestling, cross the line.
1: We're back with episode 203 of the TNA Across the Line podcast. I am Bob Colling Jr. And with me, as always, is Dallas Gridley. And Dallas, we are on the December 8th, 2005 edition of TNA Impact. And everybody might be wondering, this isn't the normal day for impact. The normal date. And you'd be correct. Because you would be expecting this to be December 10th. And it's not. Because, ladies and gentlemen, or mostly probably just gentlemen, we are on Thursday. Prime time Thursday. 10 o'clock. I don't really know if 10 o'clock is considered prime time anymore. I think that's towards the end of prime time. But we're in a better time slot than midnights on Saturdays. Or 11 o'clock on Saturdays. Whatever the case is. I don't know. But it's also the go home show before Turning Point, which is taking place this coming Sunday, just a few days, four days.
2: So Dallas, are you
3: excited for another primetime special or what? Oh yeah, man. I mean, this one's not two hours, so it's got that going for it. Um, I'm more, I'm kind of disappointed they didn't like hype up more stuff for it, um, especially after. How I mean, I think the first one went pretty well, at least according to us. So I'm surprised that they didn't want to hype something up to get people excited. Besides, hey, it's on a different night and time next week um, at, for the go-home show, for Turning Point especially. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about it. I mean, I think it's going to be hopefully another good episode of Impact um, as we head toward Turning Point. Um, As we talked about last week, though, I keep thinking, as uh, I have the notes in front of me that we're going to be talking about from our last episode, but, like, hyping up some of these pay-per-view matches, maybe even some stuff that is leaning into what's happening after the pay-per-view, and we talked about it last week, but with the Dudley boys not at this taping—or, sorry, Team 3D— I mean, are we just going to have just America's Most Wanted to talk shit for another week and then they're just going to be at the pay-per-view? I mean, I guess they kind of have to do that, right? Unless they sent in, like, a video from Japan.
1: That's a really good point.
3: I mean, that's, like, one of the bigger matches on the pay-per-view. And unfortunately, due to the miscommunication that we heard about, there's not really much we can do. I mean, I like cocky, like, AMW watching the funeral again because <laughs> that's, like, funny. But the I, the I just the thought that there was bigger stuff planned and they had to scrap all of it because they were in Japan.
1: I'm going to feel like a complete idiot for what I'm about to say. Uh, I ha- <laughs> I haven't even realized that we haven't seen them in the impact zone for the last couple weeks. Was it all of them?
3: I know it was this one. But they not at the last taping either.
1: What I'm saying, a couple of weeks. we didn't see them last week. No,
3: not last week. Yeah. They're not going to we... be there in person this week. Nope. Well, we, but... saw, them, we saw them, what, the first one? Because that's so. when they announced the match. The, the challenge, yeah. But
1: I think that kind of shows you that, or shows me, that um, the build for AMW and Team 3 has been strong enough to a point where I don't need half of the competitors on TV, and that is probably a statement towards AMW for their ability to carry it while they're absent.
3: Well, as we've mentioned, their heel run right now is like top notch. Um, I think it's really good character work and stuff like that. So we're seeing oh, yeah. we're seeing that get brought out, and like the trash talking and all that stuff is like keeping it going.
1: Yeah, I mean AMW. You know, especially in the asylum years, you know, good a good babyface tag team, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But this heel tag team, and I know, like a lot of people say, um, it's like it's easier to be a heel than a babyface because it's it's tough to get people to cheer for you, and they and they accomplish that, but their ability
2: to make you hate them mm-hmm.
1: or just be assholes. Character-wise, it's been quite refreshing. I think as a babyface team, they definitely reached a point of like you've you got to change it up, and just like the subtleness of it all with uh with like Harris acting more aggressive and just like the vibe. Like it was just like a gradual thing. Like you we picked up on it. We were like, oh yeah, wait a minute. Oh yeah, they don't.
3: The laughing and like yeah, yeah the it
1: laughing was, and shit. It's like oh, the
3: the shit. way it turned. I mean, it it was very well done. Yeah, I it. it wasn't like an abrupt like, oh my
1: god, that just happened. That's like you know what, this is really making sense. And uh, no kidding that they used the beer bottle or whatever. Right. So we'll, you know, we'll, we'll I see what
3: happens. It's been a, it's
1: definitely been a bright spot so far lately.
3: Yeah, oh, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um. There's plenty of other stuff, of course, that we're going to talk about a lot during this show um, leading into Turning Point. But I guess let's talk a little bit about what we saw last week, um, including some notes from Dave Meltzer. And then we'll talk about some other notes. And Bob, I do have some during the show today. So I'm sorry to let you down, but um, we'll we'll get through. And there's not, not too much here, but let's run down the card. And then I have a few notes that I'll point out that Dave talks about. About specific segments and stuff from the December 3rd, 2005 episode of Impact. Uh, so starting off, we saw Chris Sabin defeat Alex Shelley, Austin Aries, and Petey Williams in six minutes. Um, I'd say arguably the highlight of that was Alex Shelley coming out with the video camera. Yeah. Student of the game, of course, he wants to tape his matches and learn, is what Mike tonight told us. But we know what's going on.
1: Wink, wink, nudge. No wink, wink,
3: wink. Um, Abyss defeated the debuting Kenny King. In a minute and thirty seven seconds. So he didn't have a great debut, but that's okay. He just uh he he took a, how'd you how'd you describe it, Bob? It was uh he took a good beating.
1: Yeah, Kenny King. His his debut may not have been an impressive win, but it was an
3: impressive way impressive. to take a beating. Yes, it was. And then Sabu and him brawled outside of the impact zone and Abyss choke slammed him on guardrails. It's pretty cool. And then, well, the ma- you're saying one. You're saying one guard railing. Really. It was like oh, five. Sorry, you're right. He knocked over an entire stack of them, and right. it was a whole thing. That
1: double whammy, dude. That hurts even right. more. Mm-hmm.
3: And then in the main event, we saw the Diamonds in the Rough: David Young, Elix Skipper, and Simon Diamond defeat Raven in the Clarkwork Orange House. of fun match. Its debut on Spike TV in five minutes forty seconds. And, Bob, looking at these match times, this might be one of the least in-ring action impacts we have seen.
1: You're kidding. Even when their current catchphrase is less talking and more wrestling?
3: I don't know, dude. I mean, what?
1: Why? What's what's the match times?
3: We have six minutes, five forty, one thirty-seven. 137.
2: And It went about 42 minutes. Wait a minute. So it was six minutes, five minutes, and one. I mean,
3: if you're rounding down, yeah. Even if you round up. So not if even you're, half. If you want to be nice and you want to round up, right? Uh, so let's say seven, six,
2: two. So it's fifteen minutes.
3: That's not a lot. No. I don't know what if it felt it didn't feel that bad watching it, but it no. is weird to look at it. You know what I mean? Like looking at the time, uh,
1: 15 minutes, we got,
3: we got the yeah, Jarrett it's... segment. We had the yeah. Jim, James Mitchell talking after Abyss's match. We saw AMW backstage Four life crew backstage. We're going to talk about all, most of the stuff here in a second, but, um, so there was some, the Rhino video. We had, we did have a lot of yeah. video packages though. We saw we DVD ones. We saw turning point like twice. Yeah. Um, Yeah, very
1: interesting. Yeah, and when Jackie Gata came out and stuff, that was
3: kind of extended. Right, that's what I mean. So, I don't know. It was just kind of interesting. Wow,
1: I guess I, yeah. Well, 42 minutes, you just, about, let's say, 15 minutes of in-ring. I mean, that's not too bad, I guess, but.
3: Yeah. It seems low for what we normally have. Maybe I'm, I'm thinking wrong, but off the top of my head, that seems low.
1: I feel like on a in an hour program, or in this case, you know, forty-two minutes or forty whatever, forty-two, forty-three minutes. You I would probably want to keep my wrestling to around half of the time at least. I feel like that's kind of what
3: I was thinking too, to be honest.
1: Because you go if you go from forty-two so that's what twenty-one minutes of wrestling, and then you have twenty-one minutes roughly of promos and stuff. If you can't do Few meaningful promos and that allowed a time and not having to go over them. That's that'd be kind of weird to me, but great. Right. The 20, 20 minutes of wrestling, do probably what three matches around six minutes and then another short, really good enhancement match. I mean, hmm, wow, not? doesn't seem too reasonable, I'm too insane.
3: Um. A couple quick highlights here of uh, Dave Meltzer's notes from the show. An interesting one, which we noted, uh, noted is Terry Taylor was doing backstage interviews. Um, <laughs> well, sort of. He usually just handed the microphone to someone, but
1: fucking Bob, um, Bob just took it from him, and he just stood there awkwardly, he had nothing to do, nothing to contribute at that point.
3: <laughs> no. Well, this yeah. is uh, unfortunately Shane Douglas missed the tapings, um, and that is actually because his wife is pregnant at this time. Yeah. And had some health issues during that week. So he was not present at the tapings.
1: So there so was a reason. His His wife must have been franchised.
3: <laughs> yeah, I guess she was. Good shit. Um, also, we didn't mention it yet, but Bob, there was a big cameo in the beginning of the show. Uh, Bobby I, the Brain Heenan. Yeah. That's big, and I guarantee you yeah, he's showing up this week because of the White Sox celebration or something. Hopefully he, um, yeah. what did he say, releases pitcher or something like that? No, he said he had a, he's like, I had a, he's like, I got to go
1: now. I got to go release my pitcher, which was in reference to the, he had a pee. Yeah, so he did that. I was hopefully. talking about his penis. Uh, yeah, so that's, yeah, that's, that's a good point to bring that up, because for some reason. TNA is decided to celebrate the uh, Major League Baseball World <laughs> Series champions here on December 8th. Now, they've probably won the World, World Series usually ends in October. So we're looking at about a month and a half, likely, uh, of that they've been champions. Now, I don't know. I'm assuming there's got to be a baseball player on the White Sox that is a TNA fan. I know, like, Curtis Granderson of the tigers and like later on yankees and stuff he, he's a big uh, wrestling fan and i think he makes a couple of crowd appearances in tna um and he's actually like a center fielder and actually he was pretty good ball player uh, um if this isn't i feel like tna's luck it's gonna be like the bullpen coach where like no one knows who he is it's like oh here's carl <laughs> he just watches the pitchers throw and he waits for the manager to put his arm up. And he goes, all right, go ahead, Timmy. Go pitch. Oh, my God.
3: So, um, I, we will find out soon enough, I guess.
1: If, it, if it's a guy in the starting lineup of the World Series champions, and they don't even say who it is, because they haven't. They just said the White Sox. Right. So someone representing the Chicago White Sox is, I'm assuming, going to be on the show. So if they do not say hey or they didn't they should have been like hey this is who's here that makes me feel like it's not somebody that people would know
3: well i can't wait to find out and hopefully bob will enlighten us about who the person is assuming he knows who he is <laughs> I'll, i'm a sports guy i don't know
1: and if i don't know then that just proves my point of what the fuck are we doing what right are we doing?
3: yeah so that should be well, pretty good yeah i'm pretty sure Um, Speaking of that Sabu and uh, Abyss situation, Abyss kind of overcame his fears there. He used a barbed wire chair against Sabu, uh, thanks to um, Father James Mitchell kind of helping him out with that. And Dave notes how Sabu seems to get the worst on every confrontation that they have, which I didn't really notice until I read that. And I was like, you know what? He is always laid out at the end of these brawls. Yeah, that probably means he's
1: going over a turning point right you'd have to assume yeah um here's a question for you Dallas. how do you know i don't know what maybe fear you have or whatever but how do you normally get over
3: your fears Well, usually it's not a strange man telling me (laughs) hey (laughs) use that's kind of my point
1: so usually i feel like the story here should be get a work up to it maybe well so like usually like a fear is like oh you it ha you know it happens and then like you're okay So, like, a fear for me was getting hit by a car, and I did get hit by a car, and I survived. Now, it hurt, but I'm okay. So now I'm not really afraid to get hit by a car anymore, because it's happened. Right? That's a legitimate fear. That's a fair. That's a fair fear. I feel like if Abyss is afraid of barbed wire, and he's been hit by barbed wire, wouldn't it register into his brain saying, oh, yeah, that kind of stung, but I'm not dead? So what are, we, what are you afraid of? You've, you've experienced the pain. So you should maybe be then okay. But in this instance, he overcame it because Father James Mitchell was just like, here, take it. Right. And he, he like pressed it against into his gut. And he's like, okay. And he took it and he used it. And yeah. And then we just moved on. I didn't realize his fear was even holding it. I thought his fear was like experiencing the the contact with it, But I guess they're going really deep with it.
3: Yeah, it's um yeah. I guess we'll see what happens. Is he he's gotta be still scared enough that once we go to Barbour Massacre, he's gonna be like scared in the ring, right? I'm assuming.
1: Oh, no doubt about it. If Sa- okay. oh yeah, yeah. If Sabu throws him into the bar he'll stop and be like, whoa and he'll yeah, be like dropped yeah. it into it and we will be fine. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, something stupid like that. Um
3: we also saw a Rhino video package once again, and it's interestingly enough, they kind of Beat around the bush about the situation that Rhino talked about <laughs> with his wife leaving him yeah, and yeah. his kid. And Dave Met brings this up. I mean, Bob enlightened us pretty much the whole situation, but um, they definitely they beat around the bush about him being fired for having the argument with his wife, messing up the hotel lobby. As Bob said, throwing a vase or something like that. Uh,
1: it was like a vase or a lamp or something in the lobby. And he just he thought he chuckled.
3: Yeah, well, my favorite part of this is that Jarrett came out and basically was like, hey, they're making him look like a, like, I don't want, they're making him into the baby face and making us give a baby sympathy. And, like, literally, we'd said it literally seconds before. So, at the same time, it was like, wow, is Jarrett the face now? Because I don't want to, I don't want to feel bad for Rhino right now. I like mean Rhino. But. That's anyway. what I'm
1: seeing, man. Like, the Rhino character is not somebody where it's like,
3: oh, I can relate to that. My and wife, that's what they're doing. My life was yeah, no. I want left this guy me. hitting the. I had a hard life growing up. Blah blah blah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I want him hitting the Rhino driver, saying, "I'm gonna fucking kill your wife," say, he said to Sandman. That's what I want. Yeah. Give huh. me the Rhino. Not. Not right you know, now. You guys know what has been going on. I've uh, my wife left me. My kids. I love my family. Grew up broken home. Yeah, mm-hmm. it wasn't rough so. Right. All right, Rhino. I don't feel like you're a badass anymore.
3: Yeah. Well, uh, that's emotional damaged goods. The fans don't really like Jarrett because they're chanting. We want wrestling and boring chance during his promo. Um, and they were so loud. They were drowning him out to a, to a degree here. Um, now anyways, uh, the company viewpoint seems to be that the life crowd in Orlando is tired of Jarrett and the internet fans maybe as well, but since spike has brought them a whole new audience, those fans have only been around two months, so they probably aren't tired of him.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, what are we talking Is this what Dave is saying? Yeah. He's saying, he's saying that the TV audience isn't tired well, of him Well, that
3: TNA thinks that. That's a company viewpoint.
1: Okay, so TNA, if, if he if he, th- he thinks that's what TNA thinks. Yes. TNA would be absolutely mor- absolute morons.
3: Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Now, during this whole situation, uh, Jared, of course, brought up the Jackie Gata situation and tried to make it a mystery. But like so much of their stuff, they don't hammer it home and brush it, uh, brush it out there so it doesn't resonate. And of course, we have no fucking idea. Eventually, she came out. Her and Jared kind of had a confrontation. Christian was out during this whole situation. We talked all about that uh, while it was going on. But it seems very clear that we're getting Jared and Christian very soon. Um, for the title so Jared's probably winning at turning point point. Um, and then Bobby Roode hit him from behind assuming that we will see them face off very soon as well um, they essentially plugged nothing for the primetime special d- during last week's episode besides that it's on a different time um, but they did talk a lot about pay-per-view matches um, and we might have already briefly mentioned it but Bob Armstrong uh, also was there <laughs> Uh, he did a promo with the four-life crew. That's right, guys. The four-life crew uh, with Kip Japes.
1: <laughs> almost almost the five-life crew because you would have thought <laughs> Terry Taylor was involved. If you had just tuned into Impact and you see <laughs> Bullet Bob with the microphone, you're thinking Bullet Bob is interviewing the five-life crew with Terry fucking Taylor now as a member.
3: Yeah. Um, Dave says Bob is looking very old. <laughs> I mean, and he goes. I think he's late sixties, but he can still talk. That's late sixties. I mean, 60s. I, mean
1: yeah. I don't know that for Hang sure. Yeah, but... I'm gonna. He thinks, so he doesn't know this. He thinks, right? Okay. Yeah. We're gonna. I'm gonna find this out real quick because he was Bob Armstrong was actively wrestling for Smoky Mountain Wrestling in like 1995, 1992. So. Back then, he would have been. I think like this is going to be super old. Okay, so in so in nineteen ninety five. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that would be nine years ago, from what we're watching, right? right. Ten. We're in two thousand five, so ten years ago. Yeah, he was he was fifty six. Holy shit! So he's at least about sixty five right now. Holy shit! Well, Dave hit so, it right in the head. Yeah, but here's the thing. My point is this. He was looking old at 56. So, of course, he's going to look old at 65. Well, six now, he's looking,
3: now he's looking very old. <laughs> my God. Crazy.
1: When he, he was appearing on TNA at the beginning, he was 62.
3: That's so wild. That's crazy.
1: Bob, Bob looking pretty old. Yeah. No shit, Dave. No shit. Yeah. That's what happens.
3: Uh, um. The main event, of course, we saw that di- with Diamonds in the Rough destroy Raven. Uh, and of course, Zabisco is trying to get him to sign that release and all that situation is still yeah. going on. Raven will not sign. And then to close out Impact, finally, we saw Samoa Joe beating the absolute shit out of AJ Styles backstage. I don't respect your code. I don't respect your code.
1: That's yeah. such a fr- That i I'm telling you, that is something they're pulling from our Ring of Honor.
3: That's the first time he spoke, was it not? Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
1: Because AJ was talking, like, on the big screen. Samojo Samoa Joe just, like, looked at it. hmm and, and then from the TV, like, the big screen, AJ's like, don't you turn your back on me. <laughs> don't turn around when I'm talking to you. You know, I'm talking to you Crazy. backstage. Yeah.
3: yeah. Um, okay, Bob, I have a couple other notes for you here before we get go on Impact. Um, let's start off with Bound for Glory. Uh, the pay-per-view from October 23rd. 2005, it ended up doing approximately 35,000 buys, give or take a few thousand, at least based on numbers as of this point. The bad news on that number, besides the fact that they promoted the show as their Super Bowl for months, is the number was roughly the same as they were doing for the first few pay-per-views after they got on FSN. Uh, The company's profile is much higher on Spike, and they have four times as many TV viewers per week, but that hasn't translated into a lot of new buys the uh November 13th Genesis show maybe way down from that it says I don't have a number but it's along the lines of what they were doing in the summer without TV so that's probably around fifteen thousand to twenty thousand uh Dave goes on to say I knew it would be down because you weren't going to get uh, much in the way of impulse buys and most pay-per-view buys fit into that category to pay thirty dollars to see wrestling the day that Guerrero died plus weeks uh, was a quick turnaround. And the lineup wasn't the strongest.
1: Yeah. Okay. I can see that.
3: So fair points.
1: I feel uh, like I feel like they've really made turning, uh, yeah, turning point, a uh, like a strong show. I do too. I really do. To like combat the Genesis low buy rate, that they're
3: probably. Mm-hmm. Doing. Yep, I totally agree. Um, I have a Dixie Carter interview note uh, here. Dixie Carter, she did an internet interview saying there are uh, a uh, bunch of big announcements coming. And, te- and, teased, <laughs> and teased a major surprise at the December 11th pay-per-view turning point. Uh, the Teeny website also listed something coming on the show that would change the face of wrestling. Now, I have a rumor for you. This is not confirmed at press time. But there is a good chance that the big news would be none other than the return of sting possibly for a longer term commitment oh my fucking christ somebody
1: i don't i don't get i don't understand okay i think sting might be the most confusing one of the most confusing wrestlers when it comes to the relationship with tna because you were it was like bound for glory would have been a per, he would have been a perfect like surprise uh, replacement here for Big Cav, you know, your friends. Yeah, family.
3: yep.
1: And uh, but you were like saying he's or they wanted him even for like the spike debut or whatever. Oh yeah, and the
3: then, spike then, debut thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and Sting was like, I am not working for. I'm not doing that, that part thing. of no. my life. is Over, I went to the asylum where we would get six thousand weekly pay per view buys, and now that you're on national TV, no. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. And now. He's. Potentially going to do it. Again. Again. Yeah. And I'm wondering. If he sees this influx of like WWE guys. Mm. And by that I mean like Rhino. And Team 3D and Christian Cage. Um, If they are. It's like okay. So maybe they're going to invest in. It could be, you know, yeah. So this is going to be the real deal. But now here's my next my next point. Okay, so we've been doing what, like point seven, point eight.
3: Yeah, roughly. Yeah, yep. okay.
1: So, if Sting were to do that, you know, they're like, "Hey, Sting's going to be on this episode of Impact, whatever," and it's promoted. If that rating. It's like less than a, I don't even know, a less than a 1.2 or something. If it's less than a one, I'll I'll just keep it, I'll keep it even lower. If it's less than a one, you bring singing. If he wants to come in. What that tells me is that the audience that you have is likely the audience that you're just going to get.
3: Yeah, I think that's fair to say
1: because if I mean, I I could see maybe some people not knowing whose thing is, but I mean, WCW had just been closed for what four years. He's an, he's a known established thing. He's got a, the unique look, whatever. If you cannot improve on that number of people watching your show, then either promotion advertising is the shit or that. You know, the nine hundred and twenty five thousand people or whatever that watch your show, that is your loyal audience that you need to appease to. Right. I, I, I'd be wondering if, if they were to get like John Cena and if he came in and they did, we got a point nine. And what the what are we doing? No. <laughs> Horrible. Yeah, at some point you have to have that mindset, like, "Oh, hey, we're bringing in the, all these castoffs from WWE, not saying that Rhino and Team 3D and Christian Cage are necessarily going to move the needle like that." Right. But like Sting, if if he and to me Sting is, is the prototypical B plus player. I that's just how it is for me. I like Sting. I don't like that you say that. I like saying he's a great babyface chasing for the belt. But as soon as he gets the belt, you got to start all over again. And once it's recycled like that, it gets old pretty freaking quick. It's so messed up, dude. That you say that. But it's true. Him and Hogan, right? He wins that starcade. And yeah, it's all fuck up Whatever. He wins the belt finally at the And then by April, two months later, drops the belt. Because the money is not in Sting as the champion. The money is in Sting chasing the champion. So, that's where the money... Man, it's showtime. Yeah, I mean, I I, I enjoy Sting, but he, he is definitely... To me, he would not be a guy that's like, hey, let's carry this company. Luckily for Sting, Dixie Carter, thinks that he's the type of guy that you need to carry a company
3: potentially. Well, we'll find out in due time, hopefully.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure... How it goes. I'm sure that if if Dixie Carter is like, hey Steve, um, how about Let's five, see. how about five hundred thousand dollars a year? And guess what, Steven, you only have to work five days a year. I leave the lockdown. That that. Leave the lockdown in April. <laughs> Slam anniversary in June. Bound for glory. He starts to leave the lockdown. <laughs> Bound for glory in October. Where? Where you're probably going to win the belt. It. Then maybe like one other show. Where you got to drop the belt. And then the fucking turning point. <laughs> the five. turning point. yeah. That's five times you have to wrestle. You might have to appear and like talk. A couple times. That's it. So let's just say 12. We'll, we'll go 12 appearances. One time a month. you either talking or you're fighting. And that's it. <laughs> 500 grand.
0: I would anyway. be like,
1: I would have been, if I was Stephen Borden, I'd be like, you know what? I would have done it for 300. So you're a son.
3: <laughs> oh my God. Um, in this Dixie Carter interview, she also talked about doing house show, a house show tour in 2006. So that's cool. Um, she was also non committal when asked about um, Christy Hemi, Chris Benoit, and Chris Jericho. Uh, the latter two, uh, Dave does not believe there's any. Actual talks with. What the fuck? Chris Benoit? <laughs> yeah. What
1: the fuck? Non-committal? Uh, you can't commit to somebody who's under contract with an opposing
3: promotion. We've been hearing his name, man. I don't know. We've been uh, hearing Benoit? We heard it like twice, and I don't know why. Is he like in the midst of like his contract's about to be up or something? I have no fucking idea. I know we've heard Jericho,
1: but he's not even, he's not attached to
2: them. Well,
3: and this is the first time that we've heard Christy Hemi, I believe. And I will just yeah. say... They will not be the last. We will talk oh. about her in coming weeks. Uh,
1: Benoit, though, like that
0: is—I
1: don't think we're going to be
3: talking about it much that more. Is that's that's There's just nothing a... to talk about? Yeah, yeah, pretty interesting. Um, okay, I, I got two.
1: Co- I can't, I can't commit to fucking
3: <laughs> Benoit. Okay, yeah. yeah, I got two more for you. Um. Frank Dickerson, we talked about last week, he was removed as the CEO, right? He was at first replaced as CEO and didn't leave on his own decision. Um, And there may have been second guessing on this. Um, The wrestlers were all introduced to a new CEO and told Dickerson was no longer working in the company um, while he was being brought back to work on other Panda Energy business. So he's not fully gone, but. Uh, But by the end of the week, Dickerson was back, and the idea is that he's around temporarily to ease the transition. It appears there is pressure to get the company profitable, or at least break an evening in a hurry, and with those pay-per-view numbers, it's not happening. Dickerson hadn't watched uh, watched wrestling since uh, 40 years ago or so here in Georgia. Ray Ray Gunkel feuding with Freddie Blassie in Georgia. Uh, but anyways, he became a huge fan, and um, he's the one who was very high on Scott Demore.
1: Oh. Okay, so you're telling me that their main way... Oh, i to ask you what
3: it is. Their main way of producing money is just pay-per-view buys? Yeah, which I think that here in hindsight, we can kind of defunct this, because Jarrett said as soon as they got on Spike, they were profitable.
1: We're, yeah, because... Meltzer's under the assumption that they were even paying
3: Spike for the spot, which is not true. Right. So we know we know now that this is not accurate. But he thought it was just almost strictly pay per view buys. Yes.
1: Yeah. There's no way
3: that just with pay per view buys that they there's no way. No way. Um, my final note for you, Bob, is a Christian interview, and it's a little bit longer, which is why I'm reading it to you now uh, versus during the show. Um, and then we'll talk about a few smaller things during today's show, but nothing nothing crazy. Uh, so Christian did an interview saying that even if TNA wasn't an option, he still would have left WWE when his contract expired. He said having an offer from TNA just made the decision easier. He said that he's not bitter at all about his time in WWE and accomplishment, or accomplished a lot of personal dreams in eight years. But he knew it was time to move on. He said he left over being frustrated with how he's being used. He said most of his eight years were great, but at the end he was frustrated. He said his body needed a break from the schedule and his shoulder was hurting and he was shooting it with uh, cortisone to keep it going. Uh, He said he's made a lot of money and saved it, which allowed him to make the decision. He said he thought fans wanted to see him at a higher level and rea- uh, reacted to him like a bigger star. And he said he wouldn't speculate why it never translated into a higher spot on the card. Now, he said that the TNA locker room is more upbeat. He said he's not interested in working any indie dates. Uh, he's apparently turned down some big money offers at this point. Uh, he said the schedule, uh, the ladder matches and the cage matches have taken a toll on him. He said he's he was not lowballed on his contract. But did admit that he was looking for first-class tickets. Now, Stars would seen, uh, seniority get them in their contract. Um, so when talking about a new contract, but uh, that had no bearing on his decision. So I was WWE contract, I believe. Uh, he said with the time that he'd put in and the matches he'd done, he thought that he had earned easier travel. And he didn't get any of that. So here he is in TNA, and he seems pretty happy that he's here. So, nonetheless. I
1: wonder what kind of big money indie spots say he rejected. Was it like uh, Combat Zone Wrestling, saying, "Hey, you want to do Tournament of Death for three
3: hundred dollars?" That's kind of what I'm wondering too. I'm, there's no, I don't think Ring of Honor would have asked him.
1: Mm-hmm. What do you think? Mm-hmm. What do you think his rate would be? Oh, see, I'm bad at this and stuff. I
3: feel like it's got to be pretty high.
1: Well, all right. So for context, right, we can maybe add some context. I believe it was leaked when AJ was doing indies that he was getting like 7,500. Okay. And that was when like the new Japan thing after TNA. So that's like what? 2014, 2015. So he, so if AJ back then is getting 7,500. What do you think Christian Cage
3: is
1: going to get on the indies in 2005?
3: We also heard the Dudley boys number recently, didn't we? Yeah, wasn't it? I think it was. Oh, my God. A thousand each or something like that. So Fifteen hundred each or something like that. Something
1: like that. It was an even amount for both. It was either I two feel- or three
3: grand. I was thinking three grand for Christian, maybe a little bit more. I, would, I almost see I'm I'm a high baller here and I was going to say five because I'm bad at this. Yeah um we, especially if
1: we ran a promotion we'd go out of business show one. yeah
3: it would be so bad the, um, the,
1: the undercard guys like usually i get 50 bucks but bob and gave me like 600 dollars. like i don't know how i say no to this right and there's 45 people in the crowd so like
3: well i'm also curious it. if like so christian doesn't want to do indies but like does he have a rate that's so high that he didn't think people would want to do it and then people offered it and he was like Nah, i'm not doing it nah,
1: i don't want to do it yeah that could have been
3: like, what if it was like here in 2005? He's like 7,500 for a show, and someone offered him it, and he was like, "Nah."
1: Right. So, like for me, just thinking it through, and obviously there's you know there's travel and you know hotels, whatever. But to me, the rate that you're paying somebody is ultimately, and I understand the fiscal demand and everything. Typically, is for a match that goes 20 minutes. So, if, if you're lucky. If you're lucky, right. It, sometimes it's significantly less than that. Right. So, like, how much are you paying somebody for the physical work of, like, 10 to 20 minutes? Heck, because most times so, you're probably paying for their travel or paying for their stay at the hotel or whatever. You incorporate all of that. How much are you really paying for the for the match? Huh? Enough. I guess so. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how people will do it. Bring all these big names, and it's like, yeah, just in talent alone, I spent 20 grand. It's like, okay. <laughs>
3: you're nuts, yeah. but that's cool. Yeah, that's a lot. But hey, that's how it goes, man. Yeah. That's why we would go broke. No, absolutely. Uh, Okay, Bob, I am ready to get into this episode impact. I got some stuff to talk about during the show. Um, All right. uh, And then uh, once we we hit the play button, I'll tell you guys about some explosion matches. And we're going to have a lot of fun here on the go-home episode before Final Resolution 2005. Turning point. Turning point. Turning point 2005. Dude, why do I, why am I, like, stuck in, like, Two years from now, when they switch the d- times around and like, I miss everything. I don't know.
1: Maybe that's just, maybe that's your favorite time.
3: It might be. What do I? God. Trust me, nuts. Anyways, Turning Point. I knew that. We just talked about it again for the last 40 minutes, but. Uh, all
1: right. It's time for the December 8th, 2005 edition of Impact. It is the Thursday night primetime edition, the go home show before Turning Point. 2005 the approximate runtime for us is 43 minutes and 29 seconds if you want to watch along with us head over to impact plus or you can find it in your own personal collection i'm going to count down from three and when i say play that is when the watch along shall be so here we go three two one play
2: this is
3: tna This thing sounds different. It's like they changed the music in it or something, I feel like. I noticed that last week, too. We're going right into the intro, uh, which is good, because I can tell you about Explosion that aired on December sixteenth, two 2005. And, yes, that is after the pay-per-view. Matt Bentley defeated Roger Strong. Tracy was ringside for him. And then Rhino defeated A1, with Scott Demore ringside as well.
1: Rhino's on Explosion?
2: He sure was.
3: We're prime time tonight, Bob. Look at that weird Spike TV logo in the corner. I do not like it.
1: What is
2: that?
3: Whoa, 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 whoa. Christian's debut against Bobby Roode. We just heard. Uh...
2: Yeah, see. At some
3: point tonight, not. Let's see what our opening contest is. America's Mm -hmm. Most Wanted, looks like.
2: Six-man tag. Oh. Okay, well. Oh, they're carrying a table.
3: I was wondering why they were walking so slow. I was wondering that, too. They look like, James Storm looked like he was hurt. Oh, it's the reserve for 3D. America's most unwanted. That's a funny sign. And of course, their partner. We're kicking Impact off with Jarrett and AMW.
0: Yeah, that,
1: that's a whole bunch of uh, TVs turning the channel.
2: If we're saving Christian for the main, it's shit smart. That's absolutely what they're doing.
1: I hope there's a show-along uh, angle here where uh, Tom is trying to convince Christian to still join Team Canada.
3: Oh, that'd be great.
1: I was, well, I was being
2: sarcastic. I don't think it'd be that great. That just seems like something they would do.
1: All right, so I'm going to say that they're going to fight uh, Lance Hoyt and the Naturals. <laughs> it's a... Ah shit! Here come the Naturals. <laughs> the naturals. I'm down. Now all we need is the.
3: Now this is the first time Naturals, as it says, not the. Naturals. Not even the Naturals. Naturals is natural. Uh, we haven't seen. It's Chase Stevens who had the neck injury on TV. Right. He has been on. Well, that's not true. We saw him at the pay per view, I suppose. But we didn't see if it was on the pre show. That's right. So we have not
1: with seen Lance him. White. And it's their With partner.
3: Whoa. Oh, no, that's not Lance Right. Jeff Hardy. Jeffrey. Hmm. Really? Hardy and the naturals versus AMW and Jeff Jarrett. Interesting.
1: So Jeff Jarrett's gonna just beat Jeff Hardy again. What are doing?
3: Oh, oh my yeah, god. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett
1: beard above on the ground like that. Look at that.
3: Jeff Hardy was crawling around and Jarrett went right after him. Wow. Well, speaking of Jarrett and AMW, Bob. Um, Gail Kim, the movie she's apparently working on, it's called Princess, and uh, Gail Kim is playing an assassin who is sent to kill an heiress.
1: Okay. (laughs) She's going there to kill someone?
3: Yeah. She's an assassin. That's what they do. Is Andy Douglas about to hit Harris off the stage? Well, he ducked it, so. Uh Oh, Andy Douglas is about to go off now. Oh, my...
1: Yeah, we're teasing a fucking stage drop already. Prime time, I guess, right? Prime time. Is there anything on the ground, or is it
3: just I don't. Paper? I don't know. Concrete. We can't see anything, so I'm assuming there's nothing down there. Catatonic?
2: Okay, he fell off and he took out
3: James Storm.
1: That's funny. Uh, I have one indie note for these guys, and it's uh, Jeff Hardy making a oh. rare indie appearance. On December 3rd, for SCW's Rage in the Cage in Conway, South Carolina, as uh, Douglas just dove onto the N.W. Uh, the new H.I.O.S., which is BG James and Kip James, teamed oh. up with the Jeff Hardy to defeat the Midnight Express, which was Bobby Eaton, Dennis Condry, and then it says Rob Cornett, but I'm wondering if that just means Jim Cornett.
3: No, it's a Rob. Look how green Jeff Jarrett is right now, dude. Yeah, his paint is all up on him there. Holy crap. Dude's entire blonde hair is green, his back and arms covered in green paint. The first time I'd see someone like that, I'd say, Jeff, you cannot be doing this no more. (sighs) I'd cut that shit off real fast.
1: Yeah, he's got to get better
2: paint for it at least.
3: Oh, okay. I don't know if I realized that, dude. Rhino, they're saying, is in Detroit doing intense training for the world title match. So these videos they've been showing us are like recent, quote, you know, recent vignettes. He's not at the Impact Zone.
1: They never made that seem to be what it was.
3: I didn't think it was either, but apparently it was. So
1: he's been in Detroit. He's in Detroit.
3: So he has not been here in the past few weeks.
1: yeah, no, they never been until right now. That that never
3: seemed like that's what was. That seems a lot more interesting to me now. It's not just random rhino vignettes.
1: Well, here's a, th- well, here's my thing. Um, these vignettes, of the, I don't. He was just like staring off into the water.
3: Well, yeah. Where was the training? That's his intense training. Self reflection. Here comes Hardy. Boom. Oh, J- James Storm has a beer bottle. Chase Stevens ducks it. Andy Douglas. Oh, he tried to take it out of his hand. I think he got him to drop it. Stevens drops him down, and Jeff Hardy on the top, Swanton on James Storm. There's no way, absolutely no way. Could ah, there we imagine. go. Harris just pulled his leg out. Could you imagine
1: if the if Hardy and the Naturals won?
3: <laughs> oh my
1: god!
3: Here we go, natural disaster. But Jarrett with a low blow. No, Douglas blocked it. Oh. No way. What? Jarrett's no, gonna get hit man. with the natural disaster. Look at the arms. No, Look at man. the arms. Yeah, oh, he ain't okay. It. Yeah, super kick by James Storm. Was that a hit with the handcuffs? Into the stroke? I think so. One, two, three. That's it. Jarrett pins Chase Stevens.
1: Jeff Jarrett looking like Oscar the Grouch right now.
3: I was thinking Shrek, but yeah, Oscar's a good one. I mean, he's so green. Oh, Oh. wait a second. Wait a second. They're handcuffed Jeff Hardy. He can't get on the wrist. I'm assuming he's about to give up. Oh, no,
2: he got it. Okay. So they're
3: setting a table up in the ring. I'm not going to lie here, Bob. I kind of feel like... It would be more impactful if they threw Jeff Hardy through it. I'm just saying.
1: I was thinking the same thing. I'm wondering. I'm surprised that they uh, handcuffed him to the floor.
3: I guess unless they're doing it both. Jeff Hardy's handcuffed as if he has this like long alliance with the Naturals.
1: All right, right. Doug was making the save. I, yeah, takes Jarrett down and gets decked. Not
3: for long. <laughs> okay, so he saves Stevens. Interesting, though. The table says it's reserved for the Team 3D at turning point, and here we- Oh, AMW hits the 3D on Amy Douglas. And Douglas right to the table. The crowd is so pissed, they're not making, like, any noise. They're not booing. They're not cheering. They're just sitting there.
1: Yeah, no, he's not good, though. Oh, here. It's Ryan O'Gear.
2: I didn't have the energy to move on. Okay, at least we're getting push-ups like, now a little bit. Oh, yeah, see? He's training.
1: Yeah, my training is just staring into the camera. Grunting. Wow.
3: <laughs> when you hear that you're a piece of crap for four years, you start to believe it. I don't like the hoodie with, like, the wet hair.
1: Yeah. Who was saying... He's saying WWE he said he was a piece of crap for four years?
3: It, may, it must be. I am the heart of a champion. You stole it for me. I was champion for less than two weeks, and I... Oh, did he just say I'm going to kick your fucking ass? Is that what they...
1: (laughs) I think he's going to kick the living shit out of him.
3: Oh, okay.
1: (laughs) See, this is the rhino I like. Piss blood and
3: shit? Yeah, I kind of like that.
1: I don't like the rhino where it's like, I miss my kid.
2: Oh, Raven backstage oh being restrained. God. What a hor- horrible setup of this. Just sign it, Raven. Come on. You know what I want,
3: Isabisco. I want my title shot. You lost last week. You don't get a title shot. Losers don't get those. It's not getting getting any easier, brother.
1: <gasps> He's our brother. Hulk Hogan's coming.
3: Yeah. Oh, what does he have for him at turning point? I have a guess, Bob. I know who he's going to fight. Who do you think? Do you really have a name? Um, It's a guess based on a note I have. It has nothing to, I don't know for sure. Okay, Terry Taylor. <laughs> no, it's not who it is. Damn it. There is a note, though, that there is some serious talk now regarding bringing Sean Waltman back. And now I'm starting to wonder uh, if that could be who it is.
1: Well, he does have the past
3: interaction with Raven, I guess. And Raven just had a bandana on his head. No, I'm kidding. But
1: Oh, I mean, my God. Who's only know. one of us with a bandana here, pal? No, nah, but the past
3: thing. And he says it's not going to get any easier. And that would be arguably the hardest opponent Zabiscos tried to throw at him. Yeah, yeah.
1: We should point out too. Like Raven looked uh, clean. Like he just cleaned up there, facially wise.
3: Well, he's trying to look better after his beat down last week. Actually, he probably had the bandana on to cover up the uh, the blade job. Holy shit! Probably. Amazing Red is
1: back. Whoa. This
2: is nuts. Samoa Joe against Amazing Red.
3: Wow. I did not ex- did not expect this. Yeah, me either. Bob, could you let us know when is the last time we saw amazing red? Oh boy. Well, we it... we did see him in the internet era. We did? Yeah. Was it like once? Wait, look at look at oh my it's... god, Alex Shelley's recording ringside. Cuz
1: he's got to watch the tapes, dude. Uh Okay, here we go. So last time we saw Amazing oh,
3: turned him inside out there. The and lines.
1: mind you, we um this is episode seventy five
3: of Impact.
1: Want to point that out? All right. So the last time that we saw Red was uh twenty episodes ago. Holy shit! July eighth, he lost to Petey Williams. Wow. And then we saw him at Slamiversary in a six-pack match with Sharkboy, Delirious, Skipper, Drill, Clark, and Zach Allen. Oh, wow! But before then, the last time we saw him was Impact 27, and that oh. was on December 3rd, 2004.
3: I need to, Red by Samoa Joe. He's about to give him a little face wash here in the corner.
1: So, basically, if you incorporate it being uh, true national TV exposure, it's been a year.
3: Oh, look at that. Look at that. Shelly was recording a little too close and just screwed Samoa Joe up. He didn't get to finish the move, and now Red rolls up Samoa
1: Joe. The original cameraman.
3: Oh, nice kick. Step up Hurricane Rana on
2: Joe. Shooting uh, Red Star Press kicks out too, though, because it's Mojo. Oh, snap, power slam. Muscle Buster. He knocked his bandana off. He hit it so hard, dude.
3: And the Coquina Clutch gets locked in.
1: I just thought about, it. you know that, uh, oh, well, you know this, that show, I think you should leave thing.
3: Oh yeah. I love it.
1: Doesn't it sound like this would be a bit where like they have a guy guy's like mojo on here and then the Tim guy is managing somebody and then he freaks out and he's <laughs> like, it's just a kid. <laughs> and it ends <laughs> up in the bandana, goes off and it is a kid. <laughs> yeah, I could totally say that.
2: The Morphoplex move of the night, the Muscle Buster.
1: I still, I feel like I would just finish it with the Muscle Buster. I don't think we need the choke. No, perfect. Adrian oh, Okay, that's a starting catcher. Oh. The only guy on the baseball field that has to wear a mask, so nobody knows what he looks like. Fantastic.
3: Perfect. Well, we're getting a turning turning point. Uh, package here. So, uh, Dixie Carter did another interview on AudioWrestling.com. I don't know if it's the same one as we already heard or not. But
1: I am I am shocked by all these interviews that Dixie is doing right now because I didn't realize that she was doing all this stuff when she was.
3: Right. Um, well, she answered the question when asked about the uh, TNA following in WWE's footsteps. Uh, she said she uh, commended WWE for their efforts, but indicated TNA was not going to follow suit. She said TNA wrestlers are not about having a muscular look and they feel they've done a good job in keeping a clean locker room. She said there was a drug problem in the past with Raven, but that has since been resolved.
1: With Raven. She singles out fucking Raven. I know.
3: That's <laughs> That's it. it's we did
1: have a hiccup with Raven, but we're good. All right, so Tanae is in the ring. He has uh, Sanjay Dutt, Chris Sabin, and the X-Division champion AJ Styles with him. And I'm assuming... Is he. I don't know what we're doing here. AJ has something in his other hand.
2: Oh, Major League. Oh, is this for the
1: fucking World Series thing?
2: Yeah. Hmm. The
3: Chicago White Sox, they swept their way to winning the World Series for the first time in 88 years. Oh, what is in AJ's hand?
1: Chicago native. Is Are they about to just give AJ Pierzinski like a replica belt like WWE does with all the champions?
3: Yeah. Oh, boy. A coach, a professional wrestler who is a coach for the White Sox. You know who that is, Bob? Because I do. And. Okay, so Bobby the Brin Heenan. Dale, Tor- Dale Torborg. Tor-Borg. <laughs>
1: You gotta be Kiss joking Kiss demon baby Kiss demon's you be... here You're joking You gotta be fucking kidding me
2: Dude he
3: looks so oh. Freaking different without all the shit On the paint and everything
1: Yeah but Dale is coming out of here Thinking people know who he is And they don't They're all champ Bobby Of course
3: Uh, now, just so you know, um, on ESPN2's Cold Pizza show, yeah. uh, how do you say his name? Pierzynski. Yeah, uh, and Tor and Torborg here, Dale Torborg, were on um, the show the day that this special aired. Oh, okay. So, and uh, Sports Illustrated uh, in this coming weekend's issue. So, and there's a story in USA Today. That mentions something we may hear momentarily, but so there's been a lot of promotion that goes along with this whole White Sox thing.
2: There you go. He he's been a wrestling fan his whole life.
3: Oh my goodness! They brought presents, dude. They're gonna give him baseball bats to so the exhibition stars. <laughs> Dude, I love this is
1: this is foreshadowing. Fucking sting, dude. Fucking sting.
2: Oh, the phenomenal AJ Przezinski.
3: Now I want to point something out I just thought of, Bob. Yeah. Um AJ Styles just got his ass fucking beat at the end of the last episode of Impact. Yeah. And here he is, chillin'. With the White Sox.
1: he's fine. You expect him to be uh, injured for five days?
3: No, you know what I think it is? Because I think it's a continuity error that they didn't realize when they taped this segment before they taped the other one.
1: Well, how do, how
3: do you know that? I don't. It's my guess.
1: Yeah, no, he got he got beat up backstage. Recovered.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And now he wants to
3: hang out with AJ Pierzynski. Bobby Heenan gave a jersey to Sanjay Dutton. The other two got baseball bats. Oh. And they're about to hand a uh, something to them. But the diamonds in the rough are coming out.
1: Simon has a problem.
3: Wow, he's even wearing a suit. He's not wearing his normal like robe.
1: Simon has
2: a <laughs> Thanks,
3: Bob. A
1: whoa, 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 whoa. You know, God bless uh, Simon Diamond, Pat Kenny. He was uh, involved with Dom Marie quite a bit. <laughs> okay. God bless him. God bless. God bless.
3: Dude, can we just point out Yo, AJ the- uh hat? Are you looking at what I think you're looking at?
1: What do you think I'm looking at right now?
3: Is it about Marty Janetti? Yeah, dude, his
1: fucking foot.
3: <laughs> I saw fuck? that. But I saw it before we recorded, and I was going to um, send it to you during the show and get your live reaction, but it sounds like you found it.
1: His foot is the size of an infant.
3: Send
2: it in our group chat with Austin. Just
3: share the Facebook post. Get the link from the Facebook post and share it.
1: Well, I'm on Twitter.
3: Okay, share it, share the link from Twitter, though. I'm
1: just going to screenshot it and send it.
3: Okay, you do it the hard way, but no. dude, I'm gonna screenshot it and be like, dude,
1: look look at my fucking foot right now. Say <laughs> so you got hurt at work. Yeah, dude, I'm like, really look, this is what happens when a pallet falls on your fucking foot.
3: <laughs> Yo, April Fools, bitch. Uh, Simon Diamond is talking shit to the White Sox. The phenomenal AJ presents. I should
1: put this on my Facebook page. Dude, when a fucking palette falls, no, dude.
3: (laughs) No, you shouldn't because it's fucking nasty. Yeah, you're
1: right. Oh, wait. Whoops. I don't mean to send it to him directly.
2: (gasps) Oh, dude. Dale Torborg just pushed Simon Diamond. They're talking about baseball stuff I don't
3: understand so I can't really Yeah, speak designated to it. hitter.
1: Okay. So Simon Diamond just said, "I don't hit 256. I make home runs." Now, that doesn't make any sense because home runs don't apply to batting averages. And also, if you're hitting 256 in Major League Baseball, you're doing pretty fucking good. <laughs> Your priority he hadn't seen it.
2: <laughs>
3: okay, there's a huge bro break in back.
1: impact. I want to put it on my like Instagram story and then put that <laughs> as my caption and then be people like, what the fuck? Are you all right? Because they,
3: they won't know about Marty J. You, <laughs> which one? <laughs> you got to put it on whatever social you have more uh, work people on.
1: Oh, Facebook does. Well, it goes to my Facebook store anyway, through um Instagram. <laughs> it's so messed up. Four Life should Crew I do it? is coming out. Should I do it? It's it's just stitches. I think
2: you
3: should do it. Fuck it.
1: I don't even care.
3: Oh man, we are 23 minutes, 33 seconds into today's show, guys, and 4 Life Crew is coming
2: out.
1: Uh here. I'll put it like over the stitches. Like my little caption, that way you can see it's clearly stitched up, but you don't see like the kind of little hole there. Okay.
3: I already saw it so just bother me. So, yeah. <laughs> uh BG's doing his not the one, not the two, not the three, but the one the four life crew. And then here comes Kip James. And I just got four little words. I'm Kip James, bitch, which is actually really funny if you think about it, because he literally is still like self centered in this group that he's supposed to be like a family with.
1: Yeah, see, it's kind of weird because he is trying to be all like um, proving himself to BG and stuff, and he's also like, but it's me, Kip James,
3: right? They are facing off against the beasts of burden, Helvis and Sin. Yeah, it's the same sin you thought it was. Uh, it's not his first TNA appearance. It's also in the Helvis's, but he lost in, like, 23 seconds, like, two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, but they're fighting Kip, James, and Conan, dude. This is quite the uh, team. Oh, isn't that um,
1: Kiznarni or whatever?
2: Yeah. Right?
3: This' the same guy. I didn't just yeah, lie to Sid, you. Sid Sid Bo- Bowie or whatever? Yes, it is. It is. Yeah, Sid, Sid Bowie.
1: Okay, so Kip and Conan won that match pretty quick. Shocker. So that probably means that they're a, a dynamic duo,
3: and um, mm-hmm.
1: they're
2: going Oh, uh,
3: dude, Bob Armstrong, congrats, guys! Look, they're like, he's like, you guys got it. Let's go to Terry Taylor in the back. He's with Bobby Roode and Team Canada.
1: Nobody's looked at my story yet. Oh, wait, one person has. Just sure people see it. I wonder how many people will unfriend me for that.
3: Dozens. I'm just curious when they're gonna cut his foot off because it's clearly not doing well. No, you need to get rid of that foot. <laughs> and he needs to like stop walking on it and doing whatever he's doing to it. Christian did not only turn his back on Damore, on him, but on the whole country of Canada. Look at you! Hear that piped-in fake booing Dude, sound? <laughs> that was weird. God.
1: That was horrible. Christian, after all we've been
2: through i finally seen the person that you really are. Oh, Christian, you're too egotistical for that, he says. We may have even called each other brother. But, but that ended at Genesis when you dropped me on my head. His new his family Team Canada AMW with the fake booze. That's pretty bad. He's gonna
3: feel the full force of it. You gotta get this done, Bobby. Okay, we're going we're back with sabu and um abyss uh, highlight video here. Uh, Bob, let me give you my final note here. <clears throat> While no decision is official, the current betting line is that Spike will be moving Impact to Thursdays within six months. So, I'm assuming this uh, stuff is doing pretty well here. Um, The plan at this point is that the next season of The Ultimate Fighter will be a Thursday night primetime show as opposed to 11 p.m. on Mondays, and wrestling works well in conjunction. So, most likely, by the time the Ortiz Shamrock season starts, Impact will be moved before or after. It said the Spike execs believe the Monday at midnight replay is a bad time as well, even though a consistent .5 that way on a workday for a cable network is a very good number. They believe that between Raw, football, all weekend, and Monday, and UFC, that by the time Impact comes on, the core audience is tired and uh, burned out, and the last thing they want to see is more wrestling or sports. So that's why we're thinking about moving it to Thursday. Yeah, I don't think I've ever...
1: About that, but okay. I've never been watching the NFL on a Sunday and then be like, oh, I don't know if I can watch another game. <laughs> oh no, Sunday That's night football? Enough, no, another I one? I can't do that. I can't spend nine hours of watching commercial-free football. Are you nuts? Of course I can.
3: How do they do commercial-free football when they have to stop every thirty seconds?
1: NFL red zone. Yeah, but what do they do? So every time a game gets within the red zone, which is the 20-yard line to the end zone, they cut into that game. And then literally when that game, like let's say they, they do a play and they go, like, oh, we are going to commercial? And they're like, okay, now we go to Arizona. And they just go to Arizona.
3: Oh, so they switch. Yeah, all, all
1: the games. So at one o'clock, oh. there's like, you know, eight games or whatever. So they'll just jump in to a random game and if another game is in the red zone they're like okay that's great over there in uh la let's go to cincinnati where they're at the 15 yard line and they just go
3: oh that sounds intense
1: it's better than watching the full game i'd rather just i'd rather just watch all the games when it's getting good
3: no that's kind of cool yeah Um, christian cage is looking like a star coming out here he's got a wicked cool jacket. he's got his long pants on he takes them off, and he has boring blue tights underneath.
1: I was just thinking that. The
3: jacket and the out- entrance gear is sick.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And then he's got blue tights on. They got his logo, but. So, th- guys, this is Christian's first match in TNA Wrestling. Let's see how it goes. Uh, we did guess, Bob. I feel pretty proud of us that it was going to be Bobby Roode. I thought he was going kind-
1: to I really thought it was going to be on pay-per-view, not on TV.
3: Me too. But, you know, it's still his uh, his first opponent. Two Canadians. Yeah. But it's
1: also, again, it's right before the pay-per-view, where he's fighting Mountaine Brown. So I I get to see... Oh, jeez. Robert Rudy just got sent into ring steps, and he glided into the guard railing. That was interesting. Uh, yeah, no, I mean... I just make it so you have to buy the pay per view to see him wrestle. Now I know it's not Monty
3: Brown; he's fighting here, obviously. But then I, I see him. We got to see Monty Brown here. Come after uh, uh Christian. I've Russell. gotten
1: I've gotten one message already. Holy shit! Are you going to be okay? I'm so sorry that happened
3: to you. <laughs> 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 oh, <man>. You're fucked, <laughs> <laughs> Christian, with a back elbow to buy it. It's not even somebody I work with. I went to high school with her. Oh my god, that's <laughs> that might be worse. Christian goes for a cover. Kick out at one by Bobby. There's, Drew. Wow, there's no way that even looks like that would be my foot. So, so someone on Twitter goes, "It kind of looks like Mr. Peanut." <laughs> yeah, it does.
2: <laughs> that's funny.
3: Wait, Dut Sabin. And Dale Torbord returning to the ring. at You are kidding <laughs> <turning> me. <laughs> against um, Diamonds in the Rough with Dale AJ Pruszynski. Torbord? Christian is off the apron be... into the guardrail.
1: Dale Torbord is going Whoa. to... Whoa.
3: Base brawl match. Bobby Heenan on commentary for the first time in many
2: years.
1: Well, I don't even—I don't think that's even accurate. Front suplex there by Christian Cage. Because, little fun factor, and I don't know how people know this, but Bobby Heenan did, in fact, do commentary for an IWA Mid-South show in either 2003 or 2004. I can't remember which one. But he did. Wow. So, oh, did I get another message here on Instagram, though? No. It's somebody going live.
3: it's so messed up bobby throws christian cage back into the ring i'm
1: such a bad i'm such a bad person but it's just a prank i was having fun should i tell her that it, i'm just kidding it's not really my i
3: favorite. mean you probably should be like uh it was, it was i would or you know what i would just wait and then post a follow-up tomorrow and be like it's not my foot i was hacked <laughs> <laughs> wait that's a really good one i was hacked it wasn't my foot <laughs>
1: Oh my god, I should be like, I was hacked. If you got a uh GoFundMe link, that's not me, I've got my account back, and then I wait 12
3: hours and be like, All of that was a joke. <laughs> no, nobody got a Bob is doing the ultimate April Fool's joke in November. That's When I wake up tomorrow morning, I'll be like, I don't know what happened, but that's not my foot. <laughs> <laughs> By Root is a bear hugging on Christian here is Tanae has been going through the entire Turning Point uh, card. That's our next episode, Bob, coming out in uh, just a few days.
1: I cannot believe that the Kiss Demon is going to be on a TNA pay per view in December of 2005.
3: I liked it. They're just like, it's no. the White Sox coach Dale Torborg. Instead of being like, "Hey, he was the Demon." <laughs> no. Well, here's the thing. If they did that,
1: it's you're a laughing stock.
3: Well, they. I mean, they did mention that he was a wrestler, though. So it's not right, like
1: they But they did not specifically say like, "Oh, hey, fucking kiss Demon."
3: Oh, nice uh, gutbuster. I, by I,
1: I wonder if they could even say "kiss Demon" if that's like a copyrighted. They could thing say for... it. Formerly
3: known as. Formerly yeah, known. Say. It. It's like how they mentioned, like, Christian was the Intercontinental Champion in WWE. Like, they can say stuff. Bobby Roode pulls down the knee pad, goes up to the middle rope. Is he about to drop a knee while well, he what tried, if, but all right, Christian got you know both feet okay.
1: out of Got a question for you.
3: What if when
1: uh, Kip James came in as a nin, he was was ju- his ring name was formerly known as Billy Gunn?
3: Um very could you well get away nothing. with I just jumped because I saw a bug on the wall. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, wow. I think you could.
1: You think you could get away with his ring name and TNA being formally known as Billy Gunn?
3: I mean, probably not. Because you're still saying it. Although,
1: you're saying formally known as Billy Gunn.
3: Cody and Brandy Rhodes. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. One of my yeah. favorites. Oh, I don't know where that bug came from, but it scared me. I got it, though, guys. We're good. Yeah, he Christian does. Discus clothesline takes out Bobby Roode.
1: Yeah, that was kind of a sorry excuse for a lariat. Well, happens to the best of us.
2: Oh, my God. He just punted him. Yeah, he did. Oh, hockey stick to the back of Christian. More than, like, suplex. What?
1: Uh... Dude, his Slick Johnson just said, get down, and DeMora is standing on the ground. Was well,
3: that was the weird. Expert. Oh, going for the Canadian bomb? Yeah, dude, nobody knew sick. what the fuck he's talking about. Why is he counting? What is he doing? He, uh,
1: The referee fucked up the time.
3: The oh, referee okay. fucked
1: up that spot.
3: Yeah, because he just got slingshot in and, yeah, oh. He fucked it up. Northern Larry? Yeah, nope. DeMora
1: mistimed it something, but that was a fucked up spot.
3: Unprettier, okay. countered. Back suplex, countered. Also, reverse DDT by Christian.
2: There's no referee because Christian literally just knocked him out.
1: The more Yo, stuff I know, the ropes.
2: this is going to sound
1: me. so stupid, but when Christian gets winded. And he's, like, squinting his eyes and stuff like that, and his nose is crunched up. He reminds me of Napoleon Dynamite. What the fuck? Uh,
3: we got Monty Brown in the ring, beaten down on Christian Cage.
2: Could his friend Adam
1: Copeland come out and save him? It's his brother. His brother? Technically, Edging Christian Brothers. You know that. Going for the pounce?
3: He ducks <laughs> pounces
1: Scott Demore.
3: Yikes. Tosses Monty Brown out, but Bobby Roode is back in the ring with the hockey
2: stick. He goes to hit it. Drop toe hold.
3: Oh, low blow with the hockey stick to Bobby Roode. And then, of course, he goes for the unprettier. Boom. Oh, yeah, I'm good on that.
1: Grab the referee. Dude, the crowd was super right. hot for We that. have over four minutes left in the show, so something's happening. Besides oh, the... baby, that's <laughs> the way you head into fucking turnover.
3: I mean, besides the cool. communication error, I think that was a pretty good uh, debut for Christian. How's that?
2: Monty Brown's Ryan back Brown. in the
3: ring.
1: Yeah, he's just waiting. He's gonna, is he going to pounce him? He's going to miss it.
2: Oh, he closed. lines. Here we go. The pounce. Period. Wow. wow. Oh, Abyss and Father James Mitchell are walking in the dark toward the impact zone. For
1: for what?
3: I don't know. Okay, we're no. in the ring. God, what are we... Sabu! <laughs> you have the tenacity of a cockroach. This needs to be done.
1: <laughs> Dude, I can't believe they're doing this on the go-home show. It's, what, just a fucking brawl again?
2: The, oh, Wait. See, the only way to abyss
3: to get rid of his fear is to face it head on. That's why Abyss will face you in the first ever
2: barbed wire match in TNA history. I think you should do your eyebrows like that. Yeah. Okay.
3: Do you think that if uh, he started doing cocaine on uh, TNA Impact, that Spike <laughs> would have dropped him? <laughs> Dude, what a great fucking
1: story. Wait, we got two uh, two TV deals with CW, but we're going to have
3: Father James Mitchell go out there, do some cocaine. And by the way, Lost Race. Dude, it was deal. Like,
1: NXT's got it
3: now. All right, see you later. It was like, I watched a video and I was like, why is Father James Mitchell doing coke with like. Were they supposed to be like prostitutes? Or <laughs> like what is happening? I don't know. What like. The lights are out in Sabu's music Here's the is thing though. The Ooh. NWA. Bob. The lights are on, and the barbed wire is surrounding the ring
1: Um, Dallas. I'm not I might lose my mind, but there was ropes there originally. <laughs>
3: yeah, there was. I think we just so, got a little camera trick, yeah, yeah, think because what the fuck? <laughs> and now we're ending with a hype package about Michelle. The hype package. Wow,
2: wait a minute. So. Yeah, you just saw
1: what you saw. So they would have to have m- removed the ring rope, or started probably. Probably started. This was probably what happened. They probably started the show with the barbed wire ropes like that, with the tape. I mean, started the tape like that. Filmed a I'm different assuming- type of confrontation. Had the lights go out. There it is. And then he did another promo, and then he spliced it in that way.
3: Yeah, I'm assuming
1: so. It's because, honestly, it's insulting to my intelligence to suggest that Sabu had the lights go out, and then Sabu would get rid of the ropes and put barbed wire ropes there in the span of five
3: seconds. I'm trying to see, like, look ahead in my notes and see if there's uh, anything about it we can talk about. Derek, since we have a two-minute uh, two package here.
1: He's not, like, um, he doesn't have superpowers.
3: I'm not seeing
2: anything, which is odd.
3: Yeah, I don't know why there's no note right here about this. Um, So I guess we'll find out when we find out, but. Needless to say, uh, during those closing moments here, as we go off the air, Bob, what did you think about our go home episode before turning point two thousand
1: five? I feel like you were about to say bound for glory. Uh, <laughs> I thought this, I thought it was a good show. I, yeah. I can't the booking with like Christian Cage wrestling right before his uh, pay per view match. I'm not I don't like that I, I would just have the debut in ring debut on pay-per-view. What is yeah, the do. difference? You're trying to make money, right? It's a profitable thing. People will probably pay to see Christian Cage's uh, in ring debut for the company. But if I see it three days before, or in a lot of cases the day before the pay-per-view, I kind of get that fix of like, oh hey, I I see I saw Rhino, I saw Christian Cage.
3: Yeah, I mean, I sort of feel like I wish they got through this Monty Brown feud and then they kind of continued the Team Canada one for Christian a little bit. I feel like we are kind of rushing the whole situation. Like, let's get it all just done. I feel like, because
1: what they're doing, see, their problem is that they're chasing the rating. And what you don't realize is that if you pace yourself, you draw interest. You draw mm-hmm. more people watching your show. Right. If you, if you just throw everything out there, there's no there's no build up, there's no suspense, there's no like oh I mean I can't wait to see this match. You just throw it out there, you might pop a rating once once in a while or whatever by doing that. But if you gradually build it up, you're right. you're you're just gonna get more out of it. So now I'm not gonna suggest that hey Christian Cage wrestled on. TV, so now people are like, I'm not buying the pay-per-view in total or whatever. No, I'm not saying that. But it just adds another um, you know, adds something else that you can promote. They go watch Christian Gage's first TNA match, live on pay-per-view against mm-hmm. That's another selling point. Yeah, you got barbed wire, you get Jarrett Rhino 3, you got a tables match, you got AJ Joe. Yep, I mean, that's pretty much how
3: I feel about it too.
1: Yeah, so you got AJ Presinsky. You know you got the Chicago White Sox here. This is Dale Tolbert. He used to wrestle once. <laughs>
3: you know, I think cool. the more I think the most interesting part is Bobby Heenan's here, and I feel like we're kind of downplaying it. And we, by we, are, we, we, I mean like even on the show, I feel like they're like, "Yeah, Bobby Heenan."
1: Yeah.
2: It's no,
3: like we are. that feels like a big deal to me, but
1: yeah. No, we absolutely are. We are definitely not because of everything going on. Bobby Heenan being a commentator, and I love Bobby Heenan, but it's it's taking a backseat to everything else. I mean, we literally have, from what I'm gathering from this card right now, for what's being announced, okay? We have a barbed wire match. We mm-hmm. have Raven taking on somebody else from his past that um, Sabisco won't tell. Eight-man tag with 4Life Crew and Team Canada.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: The six-man tag uh, base brawl match, Diamond's of the Rough against Saban Torborg and Sunjay Dutt. my Brown and Christian Cage. Non-title tables match A and W and Team 3D. Styles, Joe for the next title, and Jarrett Rhino Three. I don't. I don't honestly. I don't know. What no a fucking card. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. I mean, probably. All right, I'll probably put Bob Bobby, Bobby Heenan coming in over the eight-man tag the four life crew and uh team Canada. in terms of like hey this is even like a casual fan thing because casual fans you're they're tuning in to see what aj especially sports fans they're going to tune in to see what aj prison doing yeah that i mean that's a sad reality no one is tuning in to see dale Torberg. i'll tell you that right now
3: no. Speaking of uh, AJs, um, I I was making the comment about the AJ Joe thing earlier, but if they put that Samoa Joe AJ ending at the end of this episode instead of that two-minute highlight package, that would have been real good.
1: Yeah, but then if you'll say, why is AJ fine at the preview?
3: That's, That's way different, and you know it.
1: How is it way different?
3: And he could have come out with, like, tape ribs or something at the pay-per-view then.
1: How do we not know that he had tape ribs underneath his shirt?
3: We we do. We definitely know that because he was smiling and having a good time. I'm more curious of what's in the bag because we didn't see it. It's got to be just a replica. Well, yeah, but or, we didn't see it. Or, knowing maybe
1: the DNA budget. It's just nothing.
3: Well, that's what I probably think it is. but That's probably what it really is. Yeah. It is probably, like, a tag team belt, like, just to hold the place.
1: Yeah, no, probably.
3: But anyway, I would believe that. Yeah, I uh, enjoyed it too, though, and I am definitely really excited for Turning Point. Actually, I think Turning Point—dare I say—I think it's uh, one of the strongest top-to-bottom shows of the year so far.
1: Uh, it's certainly wrapping up a lot of the mm-hmm. main feuds that we've had last three months
3: two or three months it's a good way to end the year for sure yeah
1: i think that we're getting jared rhino wrapped up and the fact that the t- this tag match is the tables non-title match that tells me that that's not over
3: that also s- screams to me that team 3d is gonna win but they don't yes. want them to have the belt chat which is right. kind of fascinating
1: yeah because i'm telling you it's about the chase it's oh baby, when it comes to the baby face. See,
3: but baby, I wish that. See, but okay. If you but pop my that champagne is... too
1: early, you can't. I know. You gotta, you gotta drag that sucker out. Now you don't want to wait too long. But AMW uh, just regained it the week, the day before fucking Bound for Glory.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm not. Yeah, that's that's not So bad.
1: they probably want to give them the belts for a little bit. If you can drag it out for an additional month or two, go go ahead and
3: do that. I think my only issue with it is I wish that there was a reason it was non-title instead of it just being non-title. Like I wish it was like James Storm beat Devon in a singles match and because of that they lost their title shot and then they still like, you know, I don't you know what yeah. I mean like I wish there was like a reason besides just like we're just fighting in a tables match.
1: No.
2: It I should
3: get- I feel like it should have started as a tag team title match. We're doing a tables match. And then it was like, oh, well, the champs pinned them. So, unfortunately, you can have the tables match still, but you're not getting your title shot.
1: Right. No, I get that. That makes sense.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. An, an explanation. Uh, all right.
1: Well, that's our next show is uh, Turning Point. And uh, just like Dallas, I am very much looking forward to that. So, as of right now, we have one. Uh two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight matches announced. Uh two title matches, no uh, uh barbed wire, baseball players, Christian Cage, AJ and Joe. Can't go wrong with that.
3: Oh, and I another, um I think it's
1: I just got another message. Oh my fucking god, are you okay? <laughs>
3: <laughs> wow uh and the only thing I was going to mention to, to end this off here Bob is we only have like which one I, th- I think like three more impacts after turning point for the two thousand five. if i just count if i just count it correctly so yeah. um and there's a well we'll we'll get to it there's a, a special show. That kind of happens, so we'll have, to, oh, I know we'll, we'll have to chat about that a little bit. But we do only have a couple of impacts left, so we are counting down. I'm sure we will do some kind of recap. I'm not sure how that is going to work exactly this year just yet, but we will uh, let you guys know when we figure that out.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right. Join us for our next episode, which is Turning Point. So until then, for Dallas Gridley, I am Bob Kine Jr., and this has been the TNA Across the Line Podcast.
0: Modest to the top. Modest at the top. Mm-hmm. Straight to the top, but then keep heading up. Stars shine for why we shouldn't give a fuck about what is real and how real is still the field, but pain sometimes deals in a way that survives the struggles we face. In this life, there's a lot of time can't erase. Showcase the skills you were given at birth. Live your life for what it's worth. Show off the style you've expressed in life. Show off the way to make it right. Make it to the top of malprofession. Roll it until you feel there's nothing more important. You to do or say none of you better get in my way coming down if you do you'll be back on level on yeah. this to the top that keep your head up high I am a star that shines for why We should give a buffet about life And the way we live both day and night We are the world's humorous sales Let's keep in laughing to save ourselves In a way that can read our planet's face In this life there's a lot of time can't erase Showcase the skills you were given at birth Live your life and for what it's worth Show all the style you perfect the life. Show all the way to make it right Make it To the top of Mount Probation Roll Until you feel There's nothing more For you to do Or say None of you Better get in my way Coming down If you do You'll be back on level Good this To the top Good this. Still modest. still modest, past the top. still modest, past the top. <laughs> You're tired or thirsty at the top Sleep and drink fast to receive the pop In a way that stands out for the crowd In this game there's a lot they won't allow In a way that survives the struggles we face In this life there's a lot time can't erase Showcase the skills you were given ever Live your life and for what it's worth Show all the style you perfect in life Show all the way to make it right Make it to the top of Mount profession roll in. Until you feel there's nothing more for you to do Or say None of you better get in my way Coming down If you do you'll be back on level ground. you, I for your body, you of disrespect. I am a son with an old life that all this past
2: the top